after this episode, I just don't understand anyone liking any other character more <laughs> than how much they like Murphy. I just don't get it. I respect everyone else's opinions, but um, Murphy is the correct favorite character, and I'm going to stand by that. Hello, and welcome to our The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And for our fun fact today, it's if you could catch any bug in a jar, which one would you catch? And I would catch a firefly. Free lamp. Free lamp. <laughs> Duh. Free lamps. That's <laughs> nature's lamp. Nature's lamp. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I could catch any bug in a jar, I'm like a big fan of moths. Like to keep? I'd keep a moth. You know, I don't know why you're talking about, like, if I could catch any bug in a jar, because our bathroom has cups on the floor where you catch and then observe silverfish. I would catch moths, though. <laughs> Not big moths, small moths, because mm-hmm. I used to play with those when I was little, and you catch them because they, they sit on the little blades of grass, mm-hmm. and then when you're camping with your family, you catch them in your hands, uh-huh. and you would um, open your hands right in front of your mom's face. <laughs> So that's why I like moths, okay. but I must concede that that is true, and sometimes- Okay. Robin's afraid of killing bugs, so she doesn't kill them. She just puts a cup over them and lets them die there. So I sound very Octavia right now, yes. but sometimes I try and catch two in the same cup and see if they'll eat each other. So far, they haven't. So far, they haven't, which I find to be weird. Because I don't think silverfish are, like, cannibals. I know, but, like- Hamsters are. If that's the, I know. <laughs> if that's like the last thing you have to eat. Oh yeah, why not eat your buddy? <laughs> what if they aren't friends? Like one of them is much larger than the other one. So I'm like, dude, you could eat this guy. Yeah. But he didn't. He just died. Have you considered not killing them via cup? Well, that's a you problem because I'm. What? how else am I going to kill them? Have you tried just stepping on them? With what shoes I'm wearing in my own apartment. Our coat, our coat rack and shoe rack is right outside the bathroom. Yeah. And then I have bug guts on my shoes. <laughs> you step on worse outside. You probably step on bugs. So? It's the same. That's the yeah, but now thing. I'm gonna know that they're there. Oh boy. So anyway, we're here to talk about the hundred. Today we have words to say about episode six hundred one of the hundred, Sanctum. I expected them to reveal that it was called Sanctum in this episode. They didn't. Oh yeah. I guess we just we just assume we're like, oh yeah, that's Sanctum. I still think Glamtron was better. They call it Planet Alpha, and I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, Glamtron. Yeah, Planet Glamtron because Alaska Thunder five thousand is from there. Mm-hmm. We're talking about drag queens already. Okay. Anyway, do you want to tell us what Sanctum means since you wrote it down? Sure. Sanctum noun, a sacred place, especially a shrine within a temple or church. Mm-hmm. It's also a movie. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It also was a movie. I swear to God, I think Jason actually took Jason Rothenberg, the showrunner of The 100, must have seen Sanctum because so much of this planet reminds me of Sanctum. Right. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So Robin, yeah. toot or boot. I would like to toot this episode, please. I would also like to toot this episode. I really liked it. It was good. It feels fresh and good and new. Yeah. You know, I was a little worried about it going into it, as I always am. Also, I'd like to clarify, on the trailer podcast, everyone's like, she doesn't like, she doesn't, she did not like the 
trailer. I did not not like the trailer. I just don't like trailers. Yeah, she's very picky. I just don't like trailers. It's not that that, that the trailer was bad or that I didn't like it. It was just that I'm not a big fan of trailers in uh, general. But before every season, I'm always like, oh boy, I have to go through this again. <laughs> Yeah, she gets um, stressed out and then she's just like, I just want to watch it. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to be titillated. She just wants to have immediate gratification. It was a good enough excuse to use the word titillated. Don't look at me like that. Is this the first season? Last season we weren't together. Mm -mm. This season we're together. This is our, we're, this podcast is brought to you by us living in the same apartment in Vancouver. Can you, anybody, for anybody who doesn't listen to any of the other podcasts that we have, first of all, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) Listen to the other podcasts that we have. But. Um, can you tell them uh, what has happened in the interim in our lives? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So since last year, because it's been a whole ass year, Robin moved to Vancouver. Um, I got a full-time job as a journalist. Robin is now a drama instructor. Uh, we live in the same apartment in downtown Vancouver. Um, we went to Unity Days 3. We are now the moderators of Sweet River Con, which is a Riverdale convention. There's a lot going on. <laughs> We're fancy. Yeah, we're we're lucky. <laughs> Can we afford to live in this apartment? Sometimes. Eh. You know what? It really depends on the month. True. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For example, I was given money from the government this month for my taxes, and now I can afford it. Oh, congratulations. But am I going to get money from the government every month? No. 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 Also, a fun fact for everybody before we start, my... <laughs> My my foot is is seizing up. Do you see it? No, it just looks like a foot. Right here. No, but it just looks like a foot. Great. Okay. Ooh, and we're trying out a new template because we've tried mm-hmm. it on our Stranger Things podcast and our Lost Lost and our Riverdale podcast. Yeah. Basically, all the other podcasts are now going by this template. So hopefully, you like it because um it's a lot less work and we like it better. So we're well, gonna we get do to it. talk to each other more instead of just recapping constantly. Yeah. So basically, what we're gonna do is we're still gonna go scene by scene, but we're not gonna do painful recap caps of every moment we're just going to kind of talk about what the scene was and then go over all of the stuff that it implies theories things like that just talk to each other you know like a regular podcast so yeah that's our new format so we like we, it yeah we've got three different things that we cut this out into mm-hmm. um the beginning part where everybody's together then <clears throat> the sky and the ground much like season one hey that's the dream mm-hmm. um okay so previously on the hundred the earth blew up mm. that's it so fast forward a hundred or so years our ragtag crew of aliens because they're all aliens are all awake. Some are happy about it, some are not, and everyone misses Marper. Mm-hmm. So, well, actually, I have thoughts on that. Oh, okay. Tell me your thoughts. You want them now? Yeah. Did any, I think Harper was mentioned once, mm-hmm. and Monty was mentioned like 10 times. And mm-hmm. you know I love Monty with my whole heart, and of course he did so much work, mm-hmm. including like the algae and stuff, but like, even when they're all reminiscing about, they, they even say like, I miss Monty too, or like, blah, 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 yeah. Monty, Monty, Monty. I love Monty, but he wasn't the only person who died. I think the person who brings up Harper is obviously is Jordan. Jordan. Um, when he and Raven are talking and he was like, my parents would have loved this. He doesn't even say, first of all, he doesn't even say her name. And also, no. and also he, he, she's looped in with Monty. Well, I'm sure like as more of like Jordan starts to emerge and like his personality, they'll be able to like really pick out like which parts are Harper. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. I didn't notice that. I just found that it was all about Monty. Yeah. And like I said, I freaking love Monty. He was literally 
literally my number two. Yeah, he was. But I can just, <laughs> I can see the, just the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for narrative purposes, it makes sense that Monty would be mentioned more now. Yes. I think Harper will get her turn later. I hope so. So some notes about this scene. Um, hashtag Cabby writes mm-hmm. because Abby quotes Kane by saying, now we get our humanity back, which is something that they say back and forth to each other. Um, Kane and Abby come up with new lines challenge. Just kidding. I think it's really cute and romantic <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Don't come up with new lines. Raven versus Abby. A lot of people, uh, I think, are not going to like this plot line. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Because Raven's mad at Abby and I think, like, rightfully so. And, like, we see it through this episode. And even though there are some points where I'm just like, oh my god, Raven. Yeah. Abby did something really horrific to her and it's okay to be mad about it. You know? Yeah. Okay. I am excited to talk about it. Yeah. So Raven is sad and she and Shaw decide to bone. And that's all that happens. Bone! Bone! I think we really need to retire that joke because we made it way too many times last season. Yeah, we did. Well, we use the word bone a lot. We do, but I think we have graduated to smash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Change approved. For some reason, it makes me less uncomfortable. Probably because it doesn't evoke an image. Yeah. Okay. So, also, yes. Smash or Pass was a funny meme. Good. Yeah. Smash or Pass was a funny meme. Only when Julian and Jenna would do it. Though. Yeah, no, that's it. If people did it for real, it wasn't funny. Yeah. Cool. But Julian and Jenna would do it, and it was funny. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially when Jenna reacted to, this is just us talking now, yeah. but when Jenna reacted to people smashing or passing her. Yeah, that was That funny. was so funny. Or like whenever Jenna looks really, really ugly, and then she'll be like, oh, Julian, Smash or Pass, and he'll be like, pass, 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 and she'll just be moving her face. Pass, 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 pass. Smash. <laughs> and it will be her like looking to the side or something. It's like when she had those fish painted on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, okay, so interesting things about this scene. Shaw said he once met Becca. Yeah. So um that's the most interesting thing in the entire galaxy, I think, at this moment. Mm-hmm. Cause that implies that if Shaw met Becca at some point, anyone who was a prisoner at that point might have met Becca. Up to and including anyone on the ground. Raven says to Shaw, he talks. And then she says, don't talk. And then she starts macking on him. And I'm like, well, Raven, he finished his sentence. So... He wasn't talking. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, Zeke has a toy motorcycle. We know about him that he had a motorcycle. Like, he said that in his, like, little backstory. So I thought that was cute. But where did you get that toy motorcycle? Okay, that and um, he also has a book called Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. So, like, this boy really liked his motorcycle. Yeah. Um, past tense, because he died. He died. I think that that must have been... I bet you he brought a toy motorcycle with him on Allegis. Right. Which... How has he kept it with him? Just, like, in my little pocket. No, I think that was his... His quarters on the ship. Oh. Yeah. I, I guess mean, he that was makes there the sense. first time. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I like it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was my other note was, Shaw has a book called Zen in the Art of the Motorcycle. Yeah, when you were saying that him meeting Becca, I think Zeke having met Becca is the most interesting thing about him. Mm-hmm. And it's the most interesting thing that we will ever learn about him. It's true. It was the last interesting thing we would learn about him. And it happened to be the most interesting thing, which is kind of too bad. Yeah. I don't remember what I said last season, but I just don't find him that interesting. Oh, also, we call him Zeke because the character was originally called Zeke, and then they couldn't get clearance for that name for Zeke Shaw. What, what was it again? It's Miles. My, yeah, so now his name's Miles Shaw, so sometimes we just call him Zeke. Miles Ezekiel. But to be fair, on the Riverdale podcast, the guy who played Brian in The 100 is now on Riverdale. We call him Brian. And we just call him Brian. Yeah. And I'm like, the people who haven't who haven't seen the hundred and listened to our Riverdale podcast are probably like who's Brian? Well on the on Riverdale, half the time that Ethel is around, I still call her Barb. Yeah, that's true. And it's not even as a joke. I just can't ever remember Ethel's name. Yeah. So there you go. 
Okay, so anyway, his name's Z. Um, that's it. I have for that scene. At least Raven got her happy post-coital scene before he fully dies. Yeah. Like, one of the things that Aaron from Metastation was saying, that, like, her main wish for Raven, just in general, is that one day she'll have sex and be pleased about it. Yeah, and she seemed pretty content about it. She seemed okay this time, which yeah. is great. But by the end of the episode, Raven fully just does not know that Zeke fully died. Because yeah. they can't get a hold of her. No, that's... And, like, they can't get a hold of her for a number of reasons that I got into later with the science stuff. It's time for Clark to get beat on hour. Clark shows up for food and gets a mouthful of attitude from her friends. Echo is on her side because Echo is a complex woman who understands nuance. Jordan reveals to Abby that Monty came up with a way to save Kane. They're best friends now. Bellamy and Clark divvy up who's going to the ground. Raven and Jordan are heckin' grounded, or space, depending on how you look at it. And everyone else is allowed to go play. Hmm. Do you like that joke? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was actually about to make fun of you, but Why? then I realized that you were right. Why? Well, I was gonna say, you said Raven and Jordan... Uh-huh. And I was like, his character's name is Zeke, Brittany. <laughs> oh, wow. His character's name isn't even Zeke. It's, um, it's sure not. So, whoops. But Super embarrassing for you. I know what you meant. Um, the fact that algae is all that Jordan has ever eaten. That's so sad. He's never had sad. pizza. I hope that in addition to Clark getting to, like, dance around the painting room, uh-huh. Jordan also gets a burger. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. You know what, though? He's probably vegetarian. Because algae... Um, yeah, even if he doesn't mean to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's kind of like an accidental vegetarian. Doesn't really get a chance. Yeah. have anything else. Interesting. And I mean, everyone else more has a taste for meat, so. <laughs> yeah. At Unity Days, Shannon had said that he, like, studied Chris and Chelsea, and he has got their mannerisms down. He sounds like Chris. The ra- the one where he, like, runs away, and he's like, ooh, I forgot something, and he runs away, I'm like, there, that's... It's pure Monty. Monty. It's Monty all over. Pure Monty. That was really, he He acts just like, especially early seasons Monty, when Monty was really excited about something. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Also, I want to shout out Monty again for using his time while aging to come up with a way for Abby to save Kane. He had the time. He had the time and he was like, I'm not going to procrastinate on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, when was Monty ever to procrastinate? I don't know. I just, guy. I feel like... I would have procrastinated on so many things if I knew I had all that time. Hmm. Yeah, so also, so Echo mentions in the group scene after everyone's done beating up on Clark and her decisions, um, that we they need their best fighters. Yeah. And Bellamy immediately is like, no, we're not waking up Octavia. Yeah. Do you think she wanted to wake up Octavia? Yeah, my, my one of my notes is why does Echo support waking Octavia? It makes me wonder if the reason she actually wants Octavia to be woken up is so that Bellamy and Octavia can work their issues out. Yeah. And she's like, hey, here's an opening. Yeah, but, she's like, yeah. here's an excuse. Wink. Wink, wink. I want you guys to know that she just winked. Oh, multiple times. That's just blinking, bud. That Yeah, that's just blinking. It's called double winking. Oh, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. So this is supposed to be a call, like, Allegiance 3 is supposed to be colonization, question mark? Yeah, apparently. But then Murphy says, that's a long time to wait for a rescue. I'm like, I thought they weren't waiting for a rescue. I thought it was colonization. Everything that else that I've seen makes me think it's colonization. Like, obviously, we'll talk about this later, but the fact that they sent families to mm-hmm. this planet tells me that, like, it fully was colonization. I think maybe they were at least supposed to have contact with Earth. Right, okay. Because they said, like, they said something about having a radio connection to Earth, which clearly... Didn't happen. Didn't happen because... On the one hand, Becca helped colonize a new planet. On the other, she blew up one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, six of one kind of thing? Right. Um, 
I love in this episode, obviously I've already um, kind of ragged on them for not talking about Harper at all and like only talking about Monty, but both Echo and Murphy have like moments where they're like, we trust Monty, we love Monty. Um, And of course that's because they spent six years with Monty and Monty is part of their family. I didn't care that much about Echo until like this hiatus. And now I love- Tell me why. Do you really want to know why? I would love to know why. It's because I wrote a fan fiction. I don't want to know why anymore. (laughs) No, my fan fictions are very wholesome. No, I know. But I wrote, like, it's about those six years. And so writing from the perspective of Echo. You had to get into her head a little bit. Makes me really love Echo. And every time she does anything, especially when she's, like, talking about Monty, I'm like, (laughs) yeah. That's, and I think that's what season five kind of failed to do was show us what goes on in Echo's head. Mm -hmm. Because Echo is a fascinating character. And I know there's people who don't like her and I'm not interested in those opinions because I think the show has tried very hard to make her a likable character. And so I'm like, okay, like, she's obviously likable. She's She was literally the only person at that table who said, hey, Clark had to make a lot of really hard decisions. Would you guys have done anything different? Mm-hmm. No, they wouldn't have. I really love Echo. I love, obviously, at the beginning of season five, we got her talking about her, I mean, to Murphy. But, like, we know that her and Murphy have a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. She thinks Murphy's really funny. And she says, like, I missed your jokes and stuff. And... When she's hugging Monty goodbye and he says, you're the only one who liked my algae. And she says, I was just being polite. (laughs) And now she's saying, I trust Monty. It's like, you know, obviously they didn't have like a bajillion years and a bajillion episodes to do this. But like the amount of trust that must have been built during those six years is really significant. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we are getting pieces of it here. Yeah. Especially at the end of season four, having Murphy talk about how much, or or Monty saying how much he hates Murphy, like to Murphy's face. And now Murphy saying nice things about Monty Mm -hmm. um, brings me good, happy feelings. Yeah. And I do wish that we had seen more of that on screen instead of hearing about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to take what we get. Um, same way that, you know, they might be having Echo stick up for Clark to make Echo more likable. That's fine. It's working. Yeah. You know? Who cares? I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, everyone's treating Jordan like a baby, which like same, because I also think of him as a baby because he is their friend's baby. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's like the same age as them. Yeah. It must not be fun to be infantilized like that. Yeah. Although like, it's just hard for me to, like, I say this all the time, but like I went to school basically for empathy. Mm -hmm. Like I went to school to get into other people's brains and to figure out whatever, like how everybody else feels. But I can't imagine how hard it must be for Shannon to be like, how do I get into the head of somebody that I cannot relate to at all in the yeah. way that he's literally only n- known two people in his entire life. He's never met anybody. He doesn't know how to talk to people. He doesn't have any social interaction skills other than to his parents who think he can do no wrong. Yeah, he's like a baby deer. And now you finally get to meet all the people that you heard stories about. And yet, and they treat you like a baby. Yep. Which you probably have been your whole life because the only other people that you talk to are the people whose baby you are. That's a good point. Although, one thing that I would have liked in this beginning part is some uh, evidence on the place in which, at the end of season five, Monty said Murphy is Jordan's favorite. And I would have liked for not, you know, later he says like, oh, Shaw is so cool. 
I'm like, hello? Should you not have said Murphy is so cool? It's true. He's supposed to be your favorite. I mean, give him time. He has a whole season to stay in Murphy. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, anyway, I'm waiting for that because Murphy's my favorite too. And I would say based on what we've seen of like this episode, I would say the two people that probably treat Jordan the most like a grown up, Raven with all of the um, stuff going on on the bridge and Abby with just having him help her with cane surgery. I found Raven to be kind of condescending to him because like even though she knew that he could do stuff, every time he like came over, at one point she had like headphones on and he came over and he was like, hey Raven, because he like figured something out because he's a smart little boy. Mm -hmm. And Raven like came off and she was like, what are you doing? Like I told you to go do this. I think that was meant to convey to us that he's actually better at stuff than anyone's giving him credit for. Okay. So I think that had a very specific motive, which was, hey, this may be like your friend's baby and you may see him as a kid, but uh, look at the cool stuff that he's noticed and figured out all by himself. Yeah. You know? Cool. So I think it had a purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Miller's awake. Yeah. Abby declares herself the number one Max and Chipper mm -hmm. and- they hug, Abby and Jackson hug goodbye. At Selena Wilkin is quaking. I'm so sorry, Selena. <laughs> Raven and Shaw say goodbye because they will not meet again. No. Uh, and Clark and Abby hug because we as an audience deserved that. Yeah. So everyone said bye-bye. And um, doesn't look like they're going to be coming back up anytime soon on account of someone stole their ship. I have so many thoughts about that. I have so many jokes about that. Okay, great. Cool. Should Bellamy let Miller off the hook? Question mark. I think it's unfair to let Miller off the hook, but, and then transfer Miller's guilt onto Octavia. Okay. I at least like the choice that if Bellamy's going to let Miller off the hook, at least Miller isn't letting himself off the hook. Exactly. So, I mean, if I was Bellamy, I don't know if I would immediately forgive Miller. Like, Miller doesn't forgive himself, mm -hmm. but I see... I feel like probably, and obviously I'm just making crap up because I love Echo now, um, but like Echo is probably just like, Bellamy, forgive and forget, my friend. Okay, but legit, which yeah. is interesting for someone who like used to be a ruthless spy and yeah. now she's like, oh, dude, I'm in my 30s now. I don't have time for anger. Water under the bridge. I have to say, like, I really feel like season four behind Echo was is a completely different Echo than we've gotten after those six yeah, years, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't really care for her before then, but after the five or the six years, I totally love her because yeah. it's called character development. It's called, you know what that's called? Growth. Growth. I completely agree with you. I think they are two different characters. I think once they realized that they wanted Echo to be more integrated with Skycrew, they had to soften her up a little bit, yeah. um, which wound up working. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. Um, but I do think that Bellamy did the same thing about Octavia that Kane did, which was Kane Kane's last words to Abby were, it was Octavia, it was Octavia in season five. It wasn't all Octavia. It, it was partly Abby. And it wasn't all Octavia, it was partly Miller. So I think that Miller does have a responsibility, but I do like that these characters are shouldering those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Do we ever figure out what this Aurora thing is? I have so many thoughts on that. Okay. Because, like... It was not clear. Okay, so we're going to split the storylines up now Great. and move exclusively to the sky on the ground. Love it. So the sky, yes. speaking of auroras, mm -hmm. Raven wants to move the ship to above the aurora so that she can get better reception on the radio. Mm -hmm. So here's, first of all, Aurora, name of Bellamy and Octavia's mom. Oh, yeah, doi. Yeah. Okay, so here is some facts about auroras. Auroras- And Sleeping Beauty. That is Sleeping Beauty's 
for all the people in cryo. Okay. Mm. 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 So auroras happen because of electromagnetic disturbances in the atmosphere due to solar wind. There's always solar winds over us. It creates plasma around the Earth. And they're most common in poles, like Raven said. More interaction between our atmosphere and, a, and the solar winds adds more particles to the plasma trapped around the Earth, which produces the enhancement of a ring current, which is the kind of aurora that we saw. Okay. Occasionally, this results in modification of the Earth's magnetic field, and it can be so strong that it produces aurora visible at middle latitudes on field lines much closer to the equator than those of the auroral zone. So basically, big storm equals aurora that can happen in the middle of a planet as opposed to the poles. So because this is a big storm, because the rings were green, which means there's a lot of high oxygen, it basically indicates there's a huge geomagnetic storm on this Earth. So if you go from what the magnetic storm does, basically it could wipe out most electronics on the moon and it produces so much energy from a solar flare that the radiation could kill anyone in space. So I thought you were going to say that it was going to ruin their radios and that's why they can't talk. No, it can do that. Like, that's one of the few things, like, it says, I pulled this from Wikipedia. Several space weather phenomena tend to be associated with or are caused by a geomagnetic storm. These include solar energetic particle events, geomagnetic, geomagnetically induced currents, ionosphere disturbances that cause radio and uh, radar scintillation, disruption of navigation by a magnetic compass, and a world displays at much lower latitudes than normal. In 1989, which is the year I was born, a geomagnetic storm energized ground-induced currents that disrupted electric power. And in the 1800s, there was actually a storm so big that if it happened now, it would have wiped out almost all the satellites around the Earth. So these things can get so big that they would take out all power. The thing that I'm interested in is if there's a massive solar flare from one of the two suns and it wipes out organic life that is in space, what happens to the people, happens to the people in cryo? That's suddenly going to become a really big problem if you're not a nightblood. Oh, I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if there's people in cryo, a.k.a. a certain bearded person, a lot of Octavia's army, the remaining prisoners, if they're not Nightbloods, they will die up there. Dioza. Yeah, Dioza. They will all die. So I think um, Jason Rothenberg said that that was going to play a big role later on. He did an interview with Variety. Mm. Um, I think this is probably it. It's a big solar flare that will take out, like, that ship. That makes me feel better. Because I was, because I find all that super, super interesting. It just was not clear at all in the actual episode. So I'm glad to hear that that comes back. Yeah, I had to go and do a lot of research on things that I only about 20% understand. But from that research, I was able to extrapolate where it might go. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be this. I hope. But at any rate, if it knocks out power to Sanctum, who knows? I mean, because remember that underground laboratory in the trailer? With all the skeletons behind it. And oh, we were like, yeah, the Westworld place. Yeah, so if you lose power to all of that, what happens to all of the stuff down there? Yikes. Yeah. This is interesting. Half people in the sky, half people in the gr- on the ground is season one. This underground bunker place is season two. Mm-hmm. What's next? Season three. Murder pits. Season three is Becca. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm? Season four. We don't talk about season four. A lab. I guess... That did happen in season four. Season four was let's find a bunker and then prime fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bunker? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of underground things that happen (laughs) on this show. Okay. Okay, that's all. That's what I have for my Aurora research. Okay. You ready for the next one? Uh, yes. Okay. So now we're going to move on to, uh, Abby tells Nyla to wake people up for blood donations to save Kane, but not to wake up Octavia. Mm -hmm. So Nyla wakes up Octavia. Yes. Not good at following instructions, I think. Not great. Not a strong rule follower. Same, though. 
Yeah. So Jordan discovers that Alpha is a moon and they somehow miss that entirely. What does that mean? I know what that means. Okay. Okay. So again, in this same variety interview, um, again, I am my, one of my number one problems with this show is that we learn the information we need to know outside of the show itself. Yes. Irritating. But Jason Rothenberg said that it actually was supposed to be a planet and he conceived it to be a planet. And then he decided he wanted to be able to see a gas giant in, uh, in the sky. And they were like, well, nothing is going to be close enough to be that gigantic in the sky unless it's a moon. Mm -hmm. So now Alpha is an M-class moon because Jason Rothenberg wanted the aesthetic of seeing a Jupiter or Saturn-like planet in the sky. Which is beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a valid choice. Yeah. Like, if you were like, hey, I need to change the whole science behind this new planet because I think it will be to be able to see planets at all times. I'm for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why. Okay. Is it believable? Not entirely. I don't know how you would miss a whole other planet. I feel like you explained this, but my next note was, so does that make it make sense? I am not a science lady. In the show, it makes no sense. Oh, okay. In the show, you're like, okay, this is my favorite thing. In the show, Jordan says, well, I brought us closer to the Aurora, but dropping lower revealed this. And then they both look out the window and there's a giant planet. And I'm like, did going lower really help with that? I feel like being farther out would help you see a planet. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um. So, sorry, to be clear, we're not talking about Raven and Abby right now. Now we are. Okay, great. Okay. Wait, but we can we talk about, are we talking about Nyla and Octavia before then? Yes. Okay. Nytavia rise. Nytavia is rising strongly. It's still a thing. If anything, I think it's having groundwork built for it. I feel like, obviously, narratively, and maybe Ny- Nyla was like Abby's only choice to wake up because Jackson was gone, mm-hmm. but like- not the best person to choose if you don't want Octavia to wake up. She was yeah. in the bunker with them. She knows how um, devoted to Octavia Nyla is. Okay, so okay, so it was that Nyla did have some medical training, but who would you have woken up if you were Abby? I mean, I mean Jackson, but Jackson's going down. Yeah. Um, and then it's like Clark, but going, she's going yeah, down she's as down. well. Even Murphy was her assistant once, but he's also going down. I mean, they woke up the entire, like, crew. Yeah, they woke up the entire cast except for uh, Dioza and Octavia. And Dioza probably would have helped. Yeah. Because she likes Kane. Yeah. But Big Belly might have gotten in the way. Yeah. Not really a medical person either. More of a... She's more of an ideas lady. More of a mercenary. Yeah. Plus, um, if she goes into labor in the middle of the surgery, that's not going to help anyone. I mean, I would choose Raven, but obviously Raven is no, not no. about it. Mm-mm. So I guess Nyla was her only choice. Yeah. But I I feel like she might have, uh, it might have been better if she had spent a little bit more time being like, Nyla, now here are the reasons why we can't wake up Octavia yeah. then. Because instead of being like, yeah, wake up whoever, but don't wake up Octavia, okay? Is not going to help when Nyla's, like, obsessed with Octavia. Especially because Abby points out right before then, hey, I don't know how this stuff works. How did it work when Bellamy took Octavia? Yeah. That just reminds Nyla of, like, what the slights that have been made towards Octavia. Right. But I think at the same time, because Abby- Maddie. Also Maddie. Oh, yeah, but Matt, it's too graphic for Maddie. Yeah, she can't do it. Anyway, I just- Yeah, yeah you're right. She- you're right. Octavia was upset because she thought Bellamy would have w- woken her up as soon as he woke up. Is that why she was like, where's my brother? Oh, Hundo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like, looked down and was like, cool. 
already awake. Figure that he would literally wake me up as soon as possible, but go off. Which is only going to reignite her victim complex. Because yeah, I exactly. think at this point we can safely say Octavia has a victim complex. Yes. Not in the traditional sense, but in the everything that I do, people criticize and I think that's messed up kind of way. Yeah. But in reality, people have to criticize the things she does because some of the choices she makes make people die. Are they together? Is everything alphabetical? Because Clark and Maddie were right beside each other, but they could just be beside each other because they like each other, or is it, like, alphabetical? I don't think it's alphabetical. I think everyone just kind of got the pick. So they were just together because, um, they wanted to. Actually, no, it would make sense. Maddie Griffin and Clark Griffin, and then Abby would be right next to them, so that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then where did Octavia hide during this? Actually, you know what? That brings up a thought that you had when we were watching, which is, damn, I wish we'd seen everyone wake up out of their cryo chambers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Where did Octavia? She was like gone for a bit. I think she was probably getting her bearings. Mm. Um, taking, a, taking a walk. Yeah. But like Raven didn't see her. Jordan didn't see her even after Jordan like ran away. I, I think, think it was before then. I so. think that she was getting the lay of the land and figuring out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it could be, I mean, Nyla had to take her blood. Yeah. So that would have slowed her down a little bit. And then Nyla had to catch her up on stuff. And she probably had to sit and think about stuff for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just found an empty room then. Yep. And I mean, Lord knows on that ship there's a couple. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Okay. So Abby needs Raven's blood but gets attitude instead. Um, why does Abby want to handle Raven herself? Because I think she owes it to Raven to do these things personally. Yeah. Because if she sent Nyla to do it, that's even worse. It is, but also that's just some more um, time that she's spending not waking up Octavia. Oh, good point. I don't know. Um, I do want to say 100%, once again, Abby deserves Raven's anger. Um, up to a point, of course, up to the point where Raven goes way too far. But the what Abby did to Raven is not justifiable, was not okay. I was really upset about it last season. I think I think we all recall that if you listen to the pod last season. So yeah, this is her having to reap the consequences of what she did. Yeah. And if Raven's going to be mad at her, that's just tough shit. I did like the part where Abby could tell that Raven was uh, transferring a lot of her mom trauma onto her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of sad for her to say, like, Raven, I'm not your mom. Yeah. Because I think Raven might have had, like, some sort of relationship with Abby before that that was more mother-like. Someone whose actual mom did the exact same thing, like, Clark did the exact same thing to Maddie, which was obviously a choice that we also didn't like. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to have, like, a problem. I think because Maddie grew up very differently from Raven. Right. And I don't know. That's a good point. Maddie should still be mad at Clark for that. It's still, it's just as traumatizing to do both times. Mm -hmm. And Clark didn't even have the excuse of being a drug addict. Yeah. Hmm. Something to think about. Yeah. Like, I get why Raven's mad. She has reasons to be mad, obviously. But just to be clear, telling somebody to kill themselves is never okay. Yeah. um, That was the next thing is like, Raven took the drugs- and is supervising them. So she was willing to give Abby something. But if she's going to give Abby something, she's going to take something. Right. Because um, Raven's very much like, Shaw says later, basically talk is cheap. And Raven also embodies that kind of thing. So when Abby keeps saying, I'm clean, that doesn't mean anything to Raven. The thing that matters most to Raven is actions. Mm-hmm. So Abby coming and getting the pills to Raven is just proving to Raven that, oh, you're already doing what I expect you to do. Right. But not entering her brain that like, hey, Kane's waking up and he's in a lot of pain. Did she already have, like, two... She already had, like, two things of pain medication. She just wanted to make sure where all of them were. No, I don't think those were... Yeah, this is a good thing. All the bottles look the same. I don't think that was pain medication. I think those were just different medications, and she needed the pain meds. Oh, okay. I don't know. 
Um, did we learn anything new about Raven's mom? Like, we got some more details, but I don't think we learned anything really No, new. I don't think so. Just okay. that her mom was a drunk. Okay. Did Raven take the pain meds to protect Abby or to annoy her? I think two things can be true. Great. But, yeah. So, Raven's justified in her anger up until she says, why don't you hurry up and die? And then I'm like... Gotta go. Okay. Not about it. All right. I get it. I get where the anger's coming from. I will never try and justify what Abby did, but oof. It does seem, though, that that fight uh, energizes Abby. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that the coma algae works different than what it's supposed to, because, like, they were like, it's the very first generation of the algae, which makes people go into a coma, and it didn't... But the first time they did it, Murphy was in a coma for a week. Yeah, well, um, Jordan said that Monty refined it. Okay. Yeah. Didn't work as well for Octavia either. Like, she woke up pretty yeah, early, did too. I, I still wonder how Octavia did that. I think through sheer force of will alone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next. So, Kane wakes up and Cabby have a soft moment of peace, like I've always dreamed. But then Octavia comes in and yells at Kane until he collapses and literally dies. Not literally. Literally, he does flatline and dies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. He heckin' dies. Um, he's like, hey, where's Vincent? And she's like, he's been dead for 25 years. Or 125 years. Um, and Kane's like, he's been what now? <laughs> Poor Kane. Um, maybe not the best thing to say to me. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, waking up and, like, you turn and you're like, oh, okay, so you're still here. Where's the cannibalistic murderer that, uh, you murdered? What a surprise for him. He's been dead for 125 years. He's been dead for 125 years. And he's like, and I'm not even wearing glasses to show that time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> also, Kane has no proof that anything Abby's saying is real. Like, yeah, he's all- like, why are you lying to me? He's like, 125 years, what are you talking about? What is this weird narrative you're spilling? That's why she's like, okay, you have to get up and see this new planet, and then you'll know that I am 100% telling the truth right now. Yeah, like, it's a cool reveal. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, oh, and then I'm gonna say this? Yeah. And then he's going to be like, what? And then I'm going to show him. But like, if I was Kane, I'd be like, oh, this isn't funny. <laughs> be like, um, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So in my opinion, everything Octavia said about Kane's past was justified. All of the horrible things that she said to Kane. No one's really said those things to Kane before. Mm-hmm. Kane did some pretty horrible things to people in season one, including uh, helping with the culling. Yeah. He shot glass shabby. Uh-huh. He helped sentence uh, Octavia and Bellamy's mom to death. Yeah. And he's only ever really been called on it once, but mostly he's just been allowed to skate on by. Mm -hmm. So I'm cool with Octavia calling him out, to be honest. Um, I know people are upset about it. And to them, I would say no one on this show is a perfect little cinnamon roll. So sometimes you got to take him to task. It's also nice to see Octavia being called up for her power tripping raise in season five, because I think they tried to close over it near the end of the season. And that just wasn't working for me. Mm. I don't know. I like that she brought up Ethan and Jaha again. I love when they bring up those side characters. Obviously, Jaha wasn't a side character, but like yeah. bringing up Ethan and remembering him is really nice because I love that crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keeping the the dead alive, even though it's been 125 years since they died, that's good. She's like, I was sad about Ethan, and you might not be sad about Ethan, but I can make it. I can make you sad about it because Jaha. And it's like, ooh, that one definitely worked. Jaha's been dead for. 129 years. Oh, that's so sad. I, I miss Jaha. He would not have fitted in this world at all. No. No. Um, Octavia says that Kane wasn't strong enough to do the cannibal thing, but Octavia was. That was Abby's idea, Octavia. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby was the one who was strong enough just as well as you were. So um, share that. And also, um, tattoo the cannibal doctor and the man she loves on my ass. Thank you. That's it. That's all I have for that scene. Oh, my note was, I'm Kane whenever someone confronts me. Just collapses and dies. Yeah. 
That was so funny. He was like, hey, I'm fighting with you, but real quick, do y'all mind if I die? <laughs> <laughs> um, Octavia actively chooses not to help, and I think that's messed up. Yeah, especially since she actively chose to help to get him to allegiance or get him to the ship in the first place. Yeah, and then she like literally she's like, "Please help me," and Octavia's like, "I will stand here, and I'm not even gonna walk away. I'm gonna stare at you struggling." Yeah, and makes Abby scream for Nyla instead of going to help. Didn't love that, but I do like that they're going that dark with Octavia mm. because so much of what happened with Octavia at the end of season five was too easy. So, do you think that? Any of that was a turning point, or do you think she's exactly the same? I think that it is going to be one step forward, two steps back for her. Okay. I think people will make progress, and then she will remind them of the things that she did that were inexcusable, aka when Kane brought up the farm. And the fact that he said that he, she did those things for power, that's just the tea. Like, at that point, she wasn't trying to save lives. She was just doing stuff because she wanted to be Blood Reina. Also, the farm is a phrase that is used a lot in Riverdale recently. Did that confuse you? So when he said, you burned the farm, I was like, the farm burns down? Is Alice okay? I was like, I hope so. I hate the farm. (laughs) Be like, oh yeah, uh, take that, Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. (laughs) I hope Edgar and Evelyn choke. (laughs) On the smoke or just do they burn? (laughs) Okay. Anyway... (laughs) Um, oh yeah, Kane dies, but then he doesn't quite die because they put him in cryo. For the whole season. He's gonna be in cryo the whole season. Um, if you are listening to this and don't know, Henry and Cusick, um, got on another show called The Passage. Um, so he won't be in this season a lot, I'm guessing. Hence why he's in cryo. The whole time. Probably for most of the season. Am I nuts about that? No. Um, I'm actually actively upset about this, but I can't do anything about it. Nope. So, Yeah. Feel free to bring it up once a podcast, though. That's what I like to do. I think, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll be bitter about it in a constructive way, which is to make jokes. Okay, cool. They need to make more coma algae, and I would like for us to think of a really funny and great name for the coma algae. I'm about this bread. Like, I really feel like we need to, but it needs to be perfect, so maybe we'll think about it and we'll come back to y'all. Okay. I want it to be good, though. Yeah. Like, I want I it to, to come be up so with- good that everyone who listens to this podcast starts using our name. Okay, the thing is, we're working with some hard words here. Yeah. Because algae, plant, vegetation, like, it's gonna, it's gonna take work. So, guys, if you also have ideas, tweet us them. Please. At the aficionados. Mm-hmm. Come up with jokes. Yeah. And then we'll read them on the podcast and give you credit for them. Yeah. So, next in this scene, Abby gives Raven the pills and says, never again. Actions speak louder than words. And Abby Griffin is yelling. Um, and also, the bitch <laughs> is back. I is. loved that. Yeah. I, fe- I felt season one Abby reemerge. Her- the power that she has is beautiful. Do you have any other thoughts about people being on ice or pills or things like that? No, I'd like to talk about Murphy, please. Cool. Okay. You want Let's move on to the ground then. Let's make it happen. Um, really first, do you <clears throat> want to tell me what Patreon is? I would love to. Oh my God. So you know that Patreon is a service in which... You can donate to some of your favorite creators monthly. Whoa. Yeah. And that actually, sounds great. We have one. I know you might not know about it because mm-hmm. I'm the treasurer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might not know. Uh-huh. But ours starts at $1 a month. That I, you know what? I have that. So if you don't buy yourself a morning coffee once a month and hand it over to us, that could really help us out because we now have five podcasts and we have to pay for soundcloud pro on all of them yeah i was gonna say the money goes towards um helping with business stuff right totally okay good all of that 
goes towards the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you know that your money is going towards um, the thing that you enjoy. Um, but if for any reason you can't donate, that's totally okay. Yeah. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Thanks. It really is okay if you can't donate. Um, if you can, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. But if um, you can't, um, you're still valid. Yeah. And our Patreon, if you're looking for it, is patreon.com slash theafficionados. And if you don't feel like typing that out, it's in the description of this podcast. So you don't have an excuse. And you can be lazy. Yeah. Those are two great things. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to talk about the ground? Let's do it. Rami wants to talk about the ground because she wants to talk about Murphy. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think one of my notes, let me just read you out one of my notes, like, from way down here. Oh, please do. Um, I think it's from when Murphy was singing. Oh, he's such an idiot. Um, oh, yes, my note is, <laughs> no shade to anybody else, mm-hmm. but my note is, I cannot fathom anyone's favorite character not being Murphy. I get it. Murphy is my favorite character, and Murphy's been my favorite character since season one. hmm And after this episode, I just don't understand... Anyone liking any other character more <laughs> than how much they like Murphy. I just don't get it. I respect everyone else's opinions, but um, Murphy is the correct favorite character, and I'm going to stand by that. So Shaw pilots them down to the ground. Maury's not helpful, but she is cute. Um, and they are not back because they've never been there, bitch. The whole gang walk down onto the ground together because they're squad goals. Also, Shaw is still super mad at Clark and says that talk is cheap. Now go. Oh, boy. So- Here's the thing. We're back, bitches, mm-hmm. is iconic. Iconic. And is an iconic line. Cringeworthy. For all of us. Uh-huh. But for Miller, she said that once, in his mind, seven years ago. Oh my god. <laughs> so, that means he remembered it from that first day and was like, guys, <laughs> let me make a joke about this. Maybe they don't remember that. Maybe he's like, what are you, maybe everyone else is like, what are you talking about, Miller? Especially not Zeke and Jackson, who were like, what? What? And Echo and Amori, who were like, what? Okay, I would love if this became, like, urban legend between all of them, which is, guys, so we were getting off the ship, and all I hear is some girl yell, we're back, bitches! And I'm just standing there trying not to die, you know? Yeah. I think, I feel like that has become, like, Octavia legend. Mm. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's Blood Raina now, but when we first met her, she, just, when we she first, had this dumb line. <laughs> when we first met her, she, like, kept getting kidnapped, and, uh, she yelled the word bitch a lot. She loved butterflies. She sure did. Mm-hmm. And making out with random dudes. Yeah. Cool. I don't have anything else for the scene, actually. Um, I just think it's hilarious that Miller remembers that from seven years ago. Miller I mean, it, obviously, it was like forever, forever yeah. ago because 125, blah, blah, blah. But in his mind, it's been seven years and six of those years were him trying to live his life in a bunker. And he remembered- Under the girl who yelled back. <laughs> and he remembered the exact line that she said, I don't know. <laughs> like, and like Bellamy was there, Clark was there. Murphy was there and Miller was there. And Miller's expecting those other three people to remember that moment. And Amori and Echo are like, what? (laughs) I truly, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that Miller told Jackson Mm -hmm. and then Jackson just told everyone else. Great. And so everyone low-key knows that Octavia said something real stupid. And Octavia was like, Jackson, you need to stop spreading that or you're going in the pit. Like someone definitely went in the pit for saying that to her face once. Good. Like, someone definitely cross-stitched that on a t-shirt uh-huh. and gave it to her, and she was, like, off with his head. Yeah. It was, and <laughs> the person gets thrown in the pit, and they're like, do it for the vibe! Yeah. <laughs> that developed quickly. Mm. Murphy and Amori take a swim. 
Boy, doesn't it look like British Columbia out there. Sure does. Jackson likes the alien bugs. Mm-hmm. Becco and Maxon cuddle and talk about their problems and how they're going to solve them. Mamori cuddle and watch Clark and Shaw argue, which feels organic for them. Yeah. they Everyone has their own couple's activities. Mm-hmm. Theirs is just watching other people's lives blow up. So true. Doesn't that sound right for them? So Clark said she will do everything differently. Um, what could she have done differently? Pulled less levers? Mm, 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 mm. Makes sense. Mm. Maybe not um, shot that one grounder outside that truck. I'd love to see what would have happened if she hadn't killed Dante Wallace. Wait, okay, okay. Are we talking about... I don't know what we're talking about. Okay, so when Clark says to Shaw that if I could go back, I would do everything differently. Yeah. In my mind, that meant that she would do basically the last half of season five differently. In your mind, does that mean I would do the whole show differently? No, I'm just picking out things that I wish Clark did differently. Oh, okay. Um, Um, I do not regret her shooting uh, Dante Wallace. I just wanted to see what would have happened. Like, how would they have gotten, like, caged to do stuff if they hadn't shot Dante Wallace? I just want to know. Okay. Um, but I think one of the things that she could have done differently was not torturing her daughter. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that'd do it. That'd do it. Um, not killing McCreary because that just devolved her relationship with William. She also probably could have told Shaw and Raven that she was using them as pawns. Yeah. Um, that would have been helpful. But how could she have done any of this? The thing is that all of the things that Clark did, yeah, there were ways she could have done them differently, but the outcomes probably would have meant more bloodshed. Didn't Zeke get his leg crushed? He sure did. Oh, wait. How is he walking? Hmm. I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Oh. 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 But I don't remember seeing him walking with a limp or anything. No. But he got his leg crushed, I thought. Actually, speaking of Shaw, would you like to know what happens to him next? Oh, he, he, that he dies? Yeah. Um, I have thoughts before that, okay. I think. Um, oh, my first note was, Murphy then gets eaten by a giant snake. Fantastic. I think that's a funny joke. It is. It's a great joke. But I do not want that to actually happen, and I am not putting that out into the universe. I think it's an obvious joke. I mean, you went for the obvious. Yeah. I mean, he watched Craig get eaten by the snake. You know, my thoughts- You remember are- Craig? I do. You do? Yeah, the one in the boat. Yeah, who gets yeah, eaten by the giant snake? Yeah, right in front of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Josh, Josh shoved him overboard. Um, Craig. His name was Craig. I said Jaha shoved him overboard. Yes, but remember, his name is Craig. Okay. It's just something that um I know, and I want everybody else to also know. Okay, congratulations. Thanks. Oh, my whole thought with this scene where they're playing in the water and being soft and cute. Um, One, really nice that the scene didn't end in anything bad. Like, no one actually did get eaten by a snake. They were just allowed to have a nice moment. And Bellamy wanted to play in the water, too. He you could like, totally tell. He was like, ooh, a couple's thing. Echo, let's go do a fun, cute couple's thing. And she was like, eh. Echo's <laughs> like, no, my hair looks great right now. Hello. I also, in the vein of talking about Mamori, mm-hmm. I obviously, in season five, they were in, like, a big tut, tut, um, um, tiff. Um, tiff. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and at the end, she, like, said that she loved him or whatever. But, and obviously they're being, like, kind of, like, cutesy, but they're not being, like, I'm just kidding, I'm in love with you, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not, it's a slow ride for them to start being together again. It, and it's awesome. It is awesome. I think because it's one of the, like, I I think of Memori and Cabby on the same wavelength, which is, they're not one of the top like most paid attention to couples. So they're kind of allowed to develop more organically Mm -hmm. um, in sort of side scenes. Yeah. And I think that's what works about them is the show keeps them in your mind, but their drama is not always at the forefront. Yeah. So like they're playing in the water together and they're 
um, cuddling together by the fire Mm -hmm. and Murphy sings a song to her and she tries to stab him, you know, a couple things, just romantic, cute little things. But it's not like they're being like, we were in a fight, now we're not in a fight, and now everyone else can hang out by the fire, but we're gonna go make out over here. Yeah, they're, well, they're- Speaking Raven. I was, ooh, yeah. I was gonna say, they're not, they're not on Riverdale, but Seeking Raven did go do that. Yeah. Fair enough. They're just a different kind of couple, you know? Yeah. They just, they prefer their cuddling to have a side of other people suffering. Same. (laughs) That's too dark. My next note was, I'm not interested in this spider thing. Yeah, um, I kind of am just because it reminded me very strongly of a scene from the new rebooted Lost in Space. I didn't like it. Okay. It made me feel gross and uncomfy. Okay. And as soon as the swarm started, I was like, I have to leave. Yeah, speaking of the swarm, the locusts come in, which is a biblical thing. Um, Kind of just very heavily, they're like, hey... You're all gonna die because you've just survived the apocalypse, but then one of the horsemen of the apocalypse has shown up and it's all the locusts. So cute. Jackson is cute. He knows they're aliens. That's cute. Miller feels bad, which I think we kind of talked about. Yeah. How Miller feels. Becco, there's no starting over without forgiveness. Freaking wholesome. And only they would know, and of course they would know that. This is soft. Thanks. Again, uh, I wish we'd seen more of that in season five, but I will take it now. A favorite line award that I almost chose Mm. was Murphy saying, maybe you two should speak in private. (laughs) He's like, I have a vibe going right now. I have my girl. I have fire. Those are two things I enjoy. (laughs) I'm uncomfy. I'm uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) He was actually uncomfortable because everything from his boxers to his pants were still wet. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, ah, something about second chance. And he's like, it's like your fifth chance, Clark. And she's like, it's your like fifth chance, Murphy. And he's like, hmm. Right. <laughs> you got me there! <laughs> like, like, the vibes that it kind of gave off was, like, very good. Oh my god, I love you, Clark. <laughs> and he, like, walks away. But I didn't, like, I just really feel like Murphy would just be like, true. You're right. You win. This reminds me very heavily of one of my favorite scenes in all of Lost. Oh my god, Robin's talking about Lost? No, way. Oh, I'm definitely gonna be talking about that later. Okay. But... There's this scene in season three, and it's like, it, th- this is no spoilers, of course, so don't worry about it. No but stress. basically, the character of Sawyer is always giving people nicknames. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're cute, and sometimes they are not Offensive. Cute. So then there's character of Hurley, and at one point, Hurley, like, runs up to Sawyer and is like, we have to go. And Sawyer says, um, what are you talking about, Jumbotron? Mm-hmm. And Hurley who gets a bajillion terrible nicknames, goes, shut up, redneck man. <laughs> That's big Murphy energy. And Sawyer turns to him and goes, touche. <laughs> and that is the feeling that I got in this scene, and I loved it. How are they both Murphy somehow? Because that feels like a, a roast that Murphy would struggle to come up with if someone mm. got him really good. Yeah. I, I think that is the same energy of this scene. Yeah. Because it does kind of look like Murphy's like, okay, but at the same time, I feel like he's also saying in my head, test passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You win. You, you are. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because um, Clark's right and she should say it. Yeah. I do think that there are, as always, I think people always think that Clark Griffin should be immortalized and can do no wrong. Um, I think a protagonist is boring if they can do no wrong. Yeah. I think they have to make bad decisions. I think the Maddie thing was one decision too far. Yeah. But- 
what she did saves lives and what she did ruins lives. And that's a balance that this show will always have. There's morally gray things all over it. Nothing is black or white. I think by season six, I wish that more people understood that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like it, but if you view the show through a lens of this is either black or white, it will never live up to what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. So why not look at the complexity of what's happening here? Why not look at Shaw is upset because in his mind, he barely knows Clark and she left him to die. Yeah. I would be mad. Mm -hmm. And if it were Clark, she barely knows him. She almost lost Raven doing what she did. But at the same time, she got all of them off the ground. Yeah. And they're all alive. Mm -hmm. That That's complexity. Yeah. So Zeke dies. So here's the note that I have because I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Shaw gets irradiated by the electric fence from Lost. He dies and said Raven deserves happiness. Yeah. And then my note is the failsafe code is 47815 Robin Go. Yes. Um, 815, first of all, mm -hmm. um, is... Let me just check the tattoo on my calf. She's not kidding. She's pulling up her pajama pant leg to look at <laughs> her Pajama tattoo. pant leg. You are calling me out the fact that I'm wearing pajamas right now. Um, <laughs> we were roommates. <laughs> um, yes, it says 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Those are the very important numbers on Lost. And hey, I noticed that none of those um, are seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So four... Then 7 and then 8.15. I really feel like the 8.15 is the most important part, of course, um, because 8.15 was the number of the flight that crashed. Yes. Um, Oceanic Flight 8.15. Oceanic Flight 8.15. But the the reason I think, it, I don't think it was just like a lost reference. It's because this fence is a straight pull from Lost. Oh, oh, undeniably yeah it's like a full like i literally saw it in, like go back and watch our trailer reaction i literally saw it in the trailer and i was like i know what this does yeah because i've seen lost um the only difference of it though like the fact that they that you also need a um a password mm -hmm. which is also on lost and the fact that it surrounds an entire area is from lost the fact that they are like uh it keeps out a swarm of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that some people can get through it, like at one point on Lost, obviously, like once again, this isn't really a spoiler, but um, if you like put in earplugs, then you can just go past and then everybody else is like, or whatever. Um, so the only difference is that this is radiation and the one on Lost is sound. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a sonar fence. And I don't know what they call this one. I think or just a radiation fence. Yeah, they just point. called a radiation fence. Now I, it might get a name later on. So yeah, that is, um, I, I always love to see references from Lost. And this is like literally a straight pull. Like you can't even, especially with the 815. It's you very can't, obvious. You can't deny that this wasn't, this that this was a Lost I'm, reference. Uh, yeah, exactly. Also, Echo with the flare formation as they're running. What we stand a smart queen. A, a strategist through and through. Yeah. So... All of these people are all Nightbloods. Like, the people who live in the Sanctum are all Nightbloods, right? Yeah, because Becca made them Nightbloods in order to survive the space travel. Which means that they're not trying to keep people in. They're trying to keep out yep. things. Is it, once again, just like Lost, there are, like, they call them hostels. If they're the people who live outside the fence who are not part of the people who are inside oh, the fence. Oh, yeah. So do you think there are going to be hostile, hostile, yeah. quotation marks, hostiles, or is it yeah. just animals? Because we saw some people in the trailer that were dressed very differently from the Sanctum people right. who looked like they lived in the woods, like their version of, I guess, Reapers. 
Like, if the grounders are the people in Sanctum, those have to be the Reapers. May I let? May I make it very clear that that is also a straight pull from Lost? Yes. Thanks. It really is. Mm-hmm. The thing that I also picked up was that since Clark is a Nightblood, the only other person who can cross this fence is uh, from our group is Maddie. Mm-hmm. No one else can. That's probably going to be important later on. Yeah. And um, Shaw is the fandom about Raven. He dies saying that she deserves happiness. We've been new. Yeah. We've been new about it. Been this. saying it. Um, the fact that he asks them to just save the medicine, that's 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 a good guy move. A survivalist through and through. Yeah. Um, we can talk about this later if you want, but the music, like, especially in this moment, it, it kind of came out to me because it was like a death scene and everything, of course, so we're paying attention to the music. Music is so different this season. I love it. It's still Tree Adams doing it. Yes. So it's very interesting, but, but it's so different. It's very much, in my mind, a marriage of the music of Lost. Mm-hmm. paired with Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Because it's got those really strong strings. Um, and then at very random moments, especially during the uh, Raven and Jordan scene, I noticed it takes on very sci-fi sort of tingy bells. Like very, like, you know, Raven like- Raven and, jo- uh, and Jordan, like when they see the When Aurora. they see the Aurora, it takes on a very sci-fi, like Star Trekky sort of theme that you can hear pretty well. And I think I'm going to be really interested to hear that track because this whole thing is just- it's like because they've moved planet, the entire soundtrack just changed. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm excited for more strings because I think this show needs more big thematic things like that. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I was like, there's a lot of violin happening. And I'm about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I have a question for you. Okay. How did none of them notice that they were climbing up this huge giant hill towards something that you could definitely see in the distance? Yeah, and at any point they could have turned around and been like, wow, there's a lot of geometric shapes happening. Uh Uh-huh, but, um... Looks habitated. Habitated? Habitated, right? No. No? No. Inhabited. 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 We are illiterate. I'm 24 years old. I'm keeping all of that. I want you to know that. Yeah. 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 My only thing that I tried to figure out the logic of is maybe they came up from the back where there's a more wooded area. And then as they circled up it. Right. They came towards towards the front. Sure. Maybe. Mm, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, So as they are climbing this huge hill, because they're on a journey, because this is Lord of the Rings, the squad climb a huge hill and come across Sanctum at last. There's evidence of Becca being there. So, score. They raid a few homes and find some clues. That's basically all that happens here. Great. Um, Everyone gets mad at Murphy for being realistic. He's like, hey, um, I don't want to say the thing everyone's thinking, but... But that's kind of my thing. But, like, at the same time, Murphy... Everyone was already thinking it. Like, not great timing, but, like, he's, you know, he's, he's like, just in case yeah. anybody didn't realize, maybe let's start brainstorming now. Listen, he's right, but he shouldn't say it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I love that Bellamy was like, Amori could fly. And Amori's like, well, I practiced specifically for that ship, but I love being voluntold into doing stuff. Thanks. Especially, um, you know what I love for her? She got totally taken off the hook. Mm-hmm. You know? It's true. She's off the hook now. Yeah. Good for you, Amore. That was a serious hike that they went up. Like, when you look at it, you're like, whoa, that was some uphill stuff. Like, do you think they have, like, <laughs> do you think there's actually a secret underground or, like, I guess ground level layer that you can go in and there's just, like, an elevator? Ha <laughs> <laughs> Like, imagine being Murphy and being like, what the hell? We climbed that whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, exercise, no thanks. That's for chumps. I do also want to say, who was their city planner? Because, like, when you look at, like, for example, the city that I grew up in, it's called Red Deer, Alberta. And it was a much smaller city 
and it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So the the inside of the city, like the downtown looks older and everything, obviously, like like most cities and stuff. But like, this is like the first part of the city. And it's like, okay, this is a city. But as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it starts like just kind of like shoving things in and whatever yeah, like urban location yeah. that they possibly can and everything. And it's clear that when they came here, they were like, this is the amount of space we're going to need. This is the amount of space that we have for grains. This is blah, 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 blah. Here is a giant circle of what we've got here. Like they, it just seemed like it was planned out really nicely and really aesthetically. And I support that and appreciate that. But I feel like they didn't take into account population growth. Yeah. Unless. Do you think that whole giant like pillar that is all like, that's where they all are? Like, is it just bunker, bunker, bunker? Yeah. It makes me wonder because there's always something dark coming. Yeah. If these people have a form of population control that we do not yet know, but which is probably upsetting. Right. Like the pits. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out was that Becca is out here being deified on two, maybe more, different planets. Yeah, that's another thing that we haven't talked about is potentially there are four other planets Four, I think four or five other planets that people have settled on. But if, like, if you're Becca, you're like, not only am I being deified on this planet, but also 125 years elsewhere, I'm also being fully deified on another planet. And it's like... That's crazy. And I don't at all find that to be unbelievable. No. Because, first of all, my favorite thing was <laughs> her Bellamy saying, hey, there's hope for us. Bellamy, that was the right time to make a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also reminds me strongly of, like, confederate monuments i know it's not at all the same thing but just the sheer shock of like oh my god they're still like they still have like monuments to someone that destroyed the planet and i'm like first of all they don't know that second of all we have statues for people who are maybe not good people Mm -hmm. um but i did want to talk about how absolutely nuts i am that they're continuing the becca storyline because i think it's the most interesting part about the show right now. i was about to say the fact that they keep bringing up becca especially in the premiere right now gives me hope that we might get more becca yeah information especially when zeke said he fully knew her yes becca the fact that listen i to be honest i don't really care that much that zeke died i wasn't that interested in him and it's fine but the fact that we didn't get more information about him meeting becca that one time before he died is upsetting that is true and i kind of wish he had lived longer just to talk about that yeah i guess we should talk about like both of us have sort of lukewarm feelings towards Shaw, not in the way where it's like, oh, I don't know if I like this person. It's right. just, I don't know how much I care about this character because I don't feel that he was developed yeah. much beyond this is Raven's love interest. Right. And which usually happens to women characters. So like, yeah. I appreciate that aspect of but it. This but this show has a horrific problem of developing love interests and then killing them. Yeah. So in, in my mind and with killing black men, they mm. seem to really like to do that. Um, yeah. It's, not good it explicitly too it very like, explicitly um, yeah um i still maintain to the day that shooting lincoln graphically in the head at the height of black men being murdered america the same way by institutions not that was a choice yeah it's not a good one um yeah if you're missing eli gory <laughs> yeah, speaking of speaking of Wells, by the way. Yeah, if you're missing Eli Gorey, he is jacked now. Yes, and he is. he's on Riverdale and he's playing a character who, wait for it, is named Mad Dog. <laughs> Which is so stupid <laughs> and ridiculous. It's stupid in the best way. That's Riverdale though. It's stupid Riverdale. in the best way. Stupid in the best way. It's so much fun. 
Um, but he's playing this character named Mad Dog, and he's literally like best friends with Archie, and um, we ship it. So yeah, if we you're do. looking for Marchie content, yeah, we, is what we call it. We call Nobody Marchie. else ships this except for us, <laughs> but we don't shut up about it. And Rosemary. We are out of control. I. It's the best. Okay, it's the best talking, Archie ship. We're talking about the 100 right now, not okay, Riverdale. Okay. Sorry. But um, if you're missing Eli Gorey, this is how I'm going to bring it back yeah. to the 100. He's on Riverdale, and he's doing a great job. He's I'm it. obsessed with him. And of course, Ricky Whittle is uh, headlining American Gods. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so there's good things happening to those actors, but, um, stop killing them. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, yeah, um, the line, hello, invaders from Earth, can we come in? I stand a legend and icon and a star that is Murphy. If you hadn't taken that line already for a favorite line award, I would have taken it. Thank you. I also think when Murphy was kind of, like, snooping around, kind of stealing stuff, and Amori was like, John, knock it off. Old married couple. Love them. Old married couple. Um, also, that happens to Murphy. There's some actually pretty good Murphy content. There's really good Murphy in this. Um, I love Mamori, but my top Murphy ship is is Murphy, and I'll stand by it. I think you're valid for that. Thanks. Um, I get that. And and this isn't like in a jokey where you're where because like fandom of old would ship two dudes together, but secretly just want the straight couple. Mm. If Murphy happened, I would be over the I would moon. Be so happy, dude. I know we're not there yet, but, like, at the end, when Murphy's, like, almost got stabbed by Amori, and Bellamy, like, Falls comes in, and Bellamy's, like, cradling his head, I'm like, um, kiss? 911? <laughs> What's your emergency? <laughs> My emergency is Murphy. me. They'd be and like, they're like, please, please, ma'am, please. we don't send ambulances for gay. You gotta stop. <laughs> ma'am, um, people who actually need us <laughs> need this line. Please, please hang up. <laughs> There's a plot line on that show, 911. Uh-huh. They're like, a fictional couple has made me have a lot of feelings. And they're like, we're not for that. But also, which one? <laughs> <laughs> That's you if you were that. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, serious things. Uh-huh. So they go into this- That's not what people listen to this for. Okay, I know, but I have I have a question. Okay. So they go into this school. Um, Clark finds blood in a bowl under a shrine. I don't think that's the from the crazy thing. I think it's a blood sacrifice. Yes, you who is waving both arms in the air. Was that blood not red? <gasps> Why is the blood red? If they're all supposed to be nightbloods, Brittany. So it is a blood sacrifice and it was probably an animal. Oh. Uh... Because some of those paintings were kind of dark and weird and kind of looked like dead bugs and dead animals. Okay. Okay. These people are raising their kids weird. Hey, what are those collars for? Um, I'm gonna guess restraining like th- children. Cause at the um in the trailer you see like them hooking crazy people up to it, I think, right? Uh yeah, it from the trailer it looks like Emori and Echo. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So so it's like we know what they end up using them for, but is that what they're like supposed to be used for? Because I thought we saw a dog at some point. I would like a dog. I would not like the dog to be part of the blood sacrifice. Um, I don't know what dog you're talking about, but... I really feel like I saw something about a dog, and I just really want Clark to pet a dog. Cool. Clark Griffin dog petting? What? I don't know. <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay. But um, I, it feels like those collars are too cushy to be used on dogs. Mm, T, yeah, like, they're dogs, too cushy. Dogs don't get luxury collars well, okay well first of all they Sometimes do they have you do. ever seen the price of a louis vuitton dog collar please yeah because you showed it to me oh yeah i did <laughs> um but also they have fur hello they don't need padding okay mom thanks but yeah i definitely wonder if it's like if you couldn't get away to wherever they were hiding um maybe you get chained to the wall and just you kind of hope you live is that part of the natural selection thing possibly maba possibly why are the bugs dead 
Uh, because they went through the radiation thing? What do you mean? The bugs in the little case that Murphy looks at, they're all dead in there. Why have dead bugs in the place? Why have kids draw dead bugs? Why have live bugs in there? To teach kids about bugs? Okay, here's where my, my brain says that. Hello. Hello. I'm a teacher mm-hmm. who lives here at the Sanctum. Cool. And I need to teach my kids about bugs. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave the confines of the radiation fence, whatever, grab some bugs, take them back across the radiation fence, and then show my kids the bugs. Are you with me so far? Mm -hmm. Then we learn about the bugs, uh, and then I don't feed them, and then they're dead. Okay. And then we see if they eat each other. Oh my god! (laughs) Bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. (laughs) Okay, that's what- listen, should I do (laughs) stand-up? What are you going to call your stand-up set? I don't know. Kid Gorgeous? Probably. <laughs> you know, I think that's been taken. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, alternate theory. Uh-huh. Those fences are only turned on during crazy time, and the bugs died because they're inside the fence. Nope, that doesn't work because yeah, the fence has no. two barriers. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. Because Murphy wouldn't have pointed them out if we didn't find out later. Okay. Okay. So, Amori sees something weird in a room and kind of starts to go weird. What does she see? Does she see anything or is it just a coincidence? First of all, the Lightborn family from Allegis 3. First of all, hi, Sean McGuire. <laughs> yeah, um, his role on the show was accidentally leaked on Twitter and Instagram. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That would have been fun for the people who actually, <laughs> that sounds shady, but um, the people who liked Once Upon a Time when he was on it. I used to like Once Upon a Time. Me too. Yeah. I stopped li- I stopped watching before he showed up though. Same. Um, so I don't have that much of a emotional attachment to him Mm -hmm. but i would just like i just feel like it'd be really exciting for the people who did hell yeah to like see him if they hadn't known to be like oh my god is is that my guy is that robin hood is that what is that that one guy from that episode of timeless that i watched when i was bored once is that regina's boyfriend nice nice um so they're from allegis three they said that they they sent families because because colonization, mm-hmm. I assume. What made the Lightborn family so special that they're, like, at the top all the time? I think he was probably the captain. Probably the captain. Yeah. But another thing that I noticed is that the children's book was written by someone whose last name was Lightborn. So either her or a descendant? Her, because it looked like it was, like, a dad, a mom, and a daughter, I thought. Yeah. So it's, like, either the mom wrote it or the daughter wrote it. I assume that's probably yeah. what it's going to be rather than a descendant of them. So, Okay. Murphy, is that literally an iPod? It literally is because when you look at the screen later, it's just got the old school iPod like yeah. thing up at the top. I was like, oh my god, I'm having flashbacks to when I was in high school. It's literally an iPod. How the heck is that iPod still working? If they have like their own regular normal plastic chairs in the school, the fact that they can't make iPods is really weird. I feel like they can make iPod pods. This is just an old one? Yeah. Counter argument. Okay. Counter argument. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Without software updates, that thing would probably work forever. I guess that's true. Because Apple totally nerfs your products in order to make you buy new ones. If Apple's not there to nerf your products, it probably will work for heck and ever. Also, it's in like the blood sacrifice room. So I wonder if it's just like, these are our relics. (laughs) (laughs) But then why is it charged? Like, so I don't know. No, they need a... They need a soundtrack that involves um, Imagine Dragons in order mm-hmm. to sacrifice things to the primes. Can I paint another picture for you? Oh, I'm concerned, but yeah. This is... So- okay, first of all, it's so weird that, like, every time we record this podcast, I always have these, like, things in my head where I'm just like, I have to paint a picture. In our other 
podcast, I don't do this. It's because this show inspires, like, theorizing and AUs and things like that. Okay. Which is why this show is, like, the only thing that I read fanfiction for other than Harry Potter. Its universe is too big. Yeah. Yeah, you can't explore it all. Anyway, let me paint a picture for you. Okay, I'm ready. Remember when I used to be like, close your eyes, Brittany, but we were not together, so I couldn't tell if you were closing your eyes I always did. Okay, great. Anyway, you don't have to. But imagine that you are a person who lives here in Sanctum, and this is just your normal place cool where you live mm-hmm. um and you're underground because you know it's Gotta one of those two sun. days of the year or whatever I where how often do eclipses i don't know i just made that up where like something crazy happens right but everybody who lives on this planet slash moon or whatever is underground mm-hmm. so i'm not worried about my stuff like it's all gonna be there when i get back oh up. my god it is every single year it's not a pro i'm making up once again i'm making up that it was that it, it's yearly so it's it's not a problem. So as soon as it's over, I come back up from underground and I find that there are other people here. And not only that, but they only broke into one house. And they stole your iPod. And the person whose one house they broke into was your house. And they stole your iPod. Yo, I would be so upset because there was Bruce Springsteen on that iPod. They didn't steal anything else. They just took my iPod. That would be sad. I would would beat the crap out of Murphy for that. Yeah. Actually, I guess Amori did it for me. Yeah. Actually, the reason that Amori stabbed him was because she was really mad that he took the uh, iPod after Bellamy told him not to. She's like, hey, I didn't want you to sing This is the Sea. I wanted you to sing Knocking on Heaven's Door. She's like, we're not doing stealing anymore. Mm -hmm. They gave up that hobby. What is this thing that Amori wants inside, and is it the reason that she goes crazy first? Okay, let me summarize that scene, and then we'll talk about it. Love it. Okay. Amori sees something weird in a room and starts to go weird. Yeah. Murphy tries to flirt with her while she tries to break in with bad results. His track record with girls is, after all, pretty weak. Good one thing- of one. Yeah. Good thing that he can sing his feelings away. I love he- that. He is lip-syncing for his life. Except Clark, he's actually singing. Yeah, he is. Clark ditches Becco, talking shop, and Belle joins her to bond over their radio calls, which is wholesome. Okay, so- now tell me your thoughts. I definitely do think that this is, like, it's, like, the main door. Like, when you get, like, a wide on it, it's, like, the main door, so. I mean, the, the, um, it's not the word Oculus. The little locky lock thing? Yeah, the, the spinny thing. It's called something, and if I were more intelligent, I would know what it is. I do not know the answer. I'm so sorry. Cool. Um, the peeping hole <laughs> is embedded in a crystal. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't embed something in crystal unless it's neato. Also, it doesn't look like if you just stick your knife in there that it'll work. So I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to concentrate yeah, on. It doesn't look like that's how you, yeah. how you get through it. I'm like, Amori, are you trying to push the spikes up? I can't tell what she's trying to do. I don't know either, but... Um, but it's clear that is the reason why she goes crazy first, because she, like, looks in it and then she's like, whoa. I wonder what she sees. But it doesn't make sense because I thought it was supposed to have something to do with the suns. I feel like this is one of those things where the show does something because it looks cool. And then it's kind of a coincidence. Yeah. Where it's like, maybe the eclipse thing just set in really quick for her. Yeah. Or, like, the crystal is, like, the energy source of the whatever. Maybe it amplifies stuff. We just watched Atlantis, and that's what's in my head. Like, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, the Disney movie. It's like, maybe the crystal is, like, the, like I said, the energy source of all of the bad stuff. I'm into the fictional idea of crystals having powers. They don't actually in the real world. I know a lot of people believe that. I personally don't. If you do and it helps you, that's fine. But I'm into the idea of fictionally that being a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that. And then because she like had her face all near it and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, The heckin' music playlist with Knocking on Heaven's Door and Radioactive. Okay. So here's all the songs that are on that iPod. Whoever put this together had taste. 
Like, they were going to leave Earth, and they're like, I gotta take the best of the best with me. So they took a bunch of Springsteen. I think it's funny that they were, like, it's, like, clearly late enough for them to have radioactive by Imagine Dragons, but they have classics. Yeah. Like, they don't, they don't have, like, Call Me Maybe, which I'm pretty sure was out by the time that Radioactive was out. Well, we only saw, I think, I, K, and L. Mm. So here's what was on it. I'm just going to do highlights because there's actually a ton of stuff on it. All right. So I heard it through the grapevine. I'm going to make you love me. Uh, Knock it on heaven's door. The original, not the rain cover. Kind of upsetting. Hmm. Looking too closely, Proud Mary and Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. So I just want to say, just so that we're all clear, in the fictional universe of the hundred, Radioactive is a band that exists. Imagine Dragons is a band that exists. I am tired. I know. (laughs) Okay. So just so we're clear, um, in this universe now, Imagine Dragons is a thing. If I was Imagine Dragons, I'd be like, cool. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty dope. Um, I thought he knew the music because he had, like, access to stuff, like, those six years. Like, that's when he saw, like, The Hobbit and when he yeah. saw, like, you know. Or read The Hobbit. But he says that it's from, that he learned it from the Lighthouse Bunker. Oh, that would make sense. That makes sense, too. But in my headcanon, slash, in the fic that I wrote, Raven, like conquers youtube basically and they have like all of youtube at their disposal after like a year yeah so like murphy should start doing vine references whenever possible this is another reason why they could have kept shaw alive we didn't even get to see a a single youtube joke i'm sorry but if you're telling me that they didn't save every single video that jenna marbles ever made to keep to better humanity i think you're a liar is dioza our final millennial Yes. Very, very upsetting. Dioza literally is a millennial. She is one of us. If she doesn't make any Vine references, I'm upset. What What is she gonna... What Vine reference could you even... I know. When oh, the maybe... baby pops out, she'll be like, Miss Keisha. Oh, yeah, she named it Miss Keisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um. So the banner in the school says, Our all for the glory and grace of our primes. Yes. Clones. Clones? Clones? Oh, primes. Primes are the originals. The original Do you copies. think that Sean McGuire is going to show up and be like, yeah, it's me, Mr. Lightborn, yes. but forever ago. Yes, I absolutely think that. So maybe population control isn't the problem because they're all sterile and they can only make clones? I, I completely believe that to be true. Okay. I think that when you die, it might even be part of that ritual sacrifice. Okay. That a number of things need to be uh, done and then you can be cloned. Okay. But another thing is that Murphy sings This is the Sea by the Water Boys. Mm-hmm. The Water Boys. The Water Boys. Um, and the lyrics, once you were tethered and now you are free, is so great and perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, love it. Um, oh, more Lost? Excuse me, more Lost references, please? Uh-huh. Um, this one's a little less explicit, so I don't know if it's for sure or not. But um, in Lost, in the space that is surrounded by the sonar fences, uh, it's like a little town which is kind of like what this is. Mm-hmm. And Darmaville. one of the, Darmaville, or um, Sawyer at one point calls it New Otherton as well. Oh, right. But one of the main, I don't know if I would call it a landmark because it is just like a small little town, but one of the main things that is important about it that we do see quite a lot of times is a swing set. Ah, yes. Uh, multiple people get chained up to the swing set. Oh, yeah. And um, people swing on the swing set. Um, so the fact that they are uh, at a swing set makes sense narratively because, of course, they would have a playground there right by the little school, mm-hmm. but also, hmm? Yeah, that swing set might get dark later. Great. 
Okay, so speaking of the swing set and people on the swing set, the thing that I really like about this Bellamy and Echo scene that includes Clark and then uh, morphs into a Bellamy and Clark scene is it's sort of narratively wrapping those three characters together because you sort of have Clark looking at Bellamy and Echo and Bellamy and Echo are kind of strategizing and just talking things through and realizing that instead of Clark being Bellamy's partner in crime and partner in leadership, that's become Echo. Mm-hmm. And so that must be really difficult for Clark. But the thing that the show does is it has Clark isolate herself. And instead of like allowing her to like languish in that, Bellamy comes in and reestablishes their connection as leaders. Right. And I think that's really important because they then, as a unit, go out into um, the playground. And it is really important that Bellamy, Echo, and Clark, all three of them, come up with the solution or the like answer that oh, this children's book is a warning. It's not actually, like, just a children's book. So, like, I think what the show is trying to do is say, hey, we have three big problem solvers here, and there's three big characters, and the tension that they had in season five is not, like, gonna keep playing out here. Like, Mm -hmm. these are leaders. Right. Very much um, Jack, Saeed, and Kate, if you will. On Lost. Mm -hmm. I love how it it got, like said pretty like immediately but like the fact that Bellamy's like I'm calling someone on a radio and they're not listening they're up in space and Clark being like I have to go I'm being reminded of something (laughs) and like she says it out loud later but I was like hmm the subtext like it's heavy-handed but it's funny but yeah Red Sun Rising is written by one of the like their last name is Lightborn which is obviously important um they both say they wish Maddie and Octavia could have gone to school that hurted because, like, they both went to school. They did. Yeah, but not, like, um... Like, Clark and Bellamy, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess they did. Because Pike was one of the teachers. Yeah. Oh, hurtful. Um, I thought Clark knew that Maddie told Bellamy about the calls. Yeah, I thought she knew that, too. Because she was, like, right behind them when Maddie told him. I think Clark was about to tell him herself. Yeah. Um, if, if he hadn't already known, Clark was like, hey, here's a segue. You know, she was like, gonna, and then he was like, I already know. And she was like, oh, well, I prepared a speech, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, in true Bellamy fashion, he always knows what Clark is thinking. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty neat. And I like that they are, I, I would like them to work a little bit more on the whole part where he left her chained up and then like, yeah, stuck a, like, chip in her kid's head. But... If we're going to leave that part behind to work on, like, their leadership skills, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bellamy says that he doesn't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy either. I think that's no, smart. I think it's one of the sanest things I've ever heard. Yeah. If you have to hold on to something in order to keep your head straight, of course, especially when the only thing you have to talk to is a kid. Yeah. Yeah. She says, I have to go back to watch the Murphy show. I just wish every show was the Murphy show. Yeah, I would watch that 24-7. Yeah. So then, first of all, we've literally seen nobody on this entire planet Mm -hmm. except for our people so like then their ship gets stolen yeah like and i'm like whomst yeah because like and also if they're all underground then how do they know that they're here and how do they know like that they have a ship like are these like the hostels that i was talking about and if they are how the heck do they know how to fly a ship well okay so i have two thoughts here is one in the immortal words of Kara Thrace, which took my ride. Two, I think they're two, if they know how to fly a spaceship, they can't be one of the hostels because those hostels were like really like, you know, seemed very grounder-esque in terms of like, they were just like wearing all these like crazy ratty clothes and all that stuff. Um, Two, I think it's just like, they're really technologically like advanced as a society. So they have to know how to do these things. Yeah, but they have no reason to need to fly a ship 
because they're just staying on their planet slash I'm just gonna keep calling it a planet even though I knew I know it's a moon now but like do they have ships like where what the, where where do they need to go I, you know? I think they have ships so like if they just keep getting cloned like you said is like part of their training in school like learning how to fly a spaceship for who knows what reason okay what if they don't have spaceships but they do learn how to fly in case they need one what if stealing the spaceship and getting up to the mothership is actually one of the goals of that society because they don't want to stay on that planet anymore and they want to go to Earth? Bad news. Yeah, I was like some freaking bad news for you, my guy. I mean, their ship gets stolen. I guess it doesn't matter because they don't have a pilot anyway. Yeah, that's that was my whole thing is, Amora, you're so off the hook. You, no one can fly that anyway. What I'm interested in is if they've taken the ship and... In this theoretical world, these people want to leave Earth or leave Alpha. What the hell is going to happen when they find out that Earth is like toast, literally? Burnt? And like, why can't they go live on the like Saturn ass freaking whatever is like closest to them? Yeah, because they said there were like five habitable, habitable like M class like planets. Yeah. So like, what's wrong with that one? I don't, and it could be that all of those people are dead too. Yeah. You never know. Why is Amori attacking Murphy specifically? Like, just because he's closest to her? Because then she starts screaming something that I'm like, so was it Murphy specifically or what? I think you attack someone that you have emotional attachment to and then you just go for everyone. Also, the man was just shot. Yeah, and then he Give gets him. stabbed. He sa- She says, I-, I think, he'll do it to you too. Is that supposed to mean? Is she saying that... M- is she, like, warning everybody else that he'll do it to- that, Is she talking about Murphy will do it to them? Or is she talking about, like, whatever's in that room she's trying to get into? Is she saying, like, you know, capital H, him? Like, he'll do it to you, Ooh. too? And he'll, like, and that's he'll why everyone else you? is gonna go crazy? Oh, I don't know. But then Maybe. Clark says, Clark says, it's in the air. And I'm yeah, like- Yeah, I'm like, that's a weird thing to say because it's clear that it's the sky. Yeah. It was a very weird closing sentence. Like, it's in the air implies that it's... There's something in the air tonight. The stars were bright. Alejandra. Mm. But, like, um, it implies that it's, like, the air, like, you're breathing in, like, yeah. the wind, rather than, like, the sun rays, which is which also, is like, in the air, but that's more, like, in the sky. I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like she just as easily could have said, it's the suns. Yeah. And it, it would have made perfect sense. Yeah. I don't know. We, we'll see. Yeah. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic sass watch slash favorite line award. And Brittany took a Murphy line and I took an Abby line. So like, we I don't swapped know bodies, I think. what backwards day type thing is happening. But um, mine goes to Octavia and Abby for... Where's Nyla? Waking people she shouldn't have, apparently. I love a sassy lady. Sassy, sassy lady. This is coming from the lady who said, or... or it's mine. Did she tell you that? Oh, yeah. No, but I she, can see why she wouldn't brag about it. No wonder Murphy likes her. Yeah. <laughs> She's got attitude. Mm-hmm. And mine goes to Murphy for... Hello. Invade us from Earth. Can we come in? John. At least he asked. You know? Kind. You know what? That's that's growth for him. Consider it. Growth. I, I don't know what my segment's going to be now. What did I say? Because my segment on Riverdale is which MILF was the most badass. I guess there's a couple now. There's Indra, there's Abby, there's Clark, and there's Dioza. Okay. Okay, so my segment is still which MILF was the most badass. And um, I'm going to give it to Abby because she saved a whole life and then quit drugs. Oh, oh, that was this episode? Yeah. Didn't she quit j- drugs before? She saved a whole life and um, repaired her relationship with Raven. 
Did she? I'm tired of talking to you. Okay. Um, my second segment is the most valuable protagonist award. So I would like to give two MVPs. Cool. This week, I would like okay. to give one for each storyline. Okay. So for the Sky storyline, uh, my MVP is Abby. Ah! And for the Ground storyline, my MVP is Bellamy. Nice. I nice. gave it to Bellamy because he figured out the um, storybook thing. Smart. And I think Smart. that was really important. I feel like honorable mention, even though this isn't my thing, Echo? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. And my second segment is going to be a sad segment because it's going to be on hiatus, but is the Marcus Kane beard appreciation. And I feel like I can't really appreciate this beard because it was covered in blood and died. Yeah. Yeah. That was gross when he was like... <coughs> and then Abby was like covered in blood too. And I'm like, y'all get wild. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, frozen beard. The beard is on ice for now. The beard is on ice, yeah. so the segment is on ice. Okay. Um, how many episodes since the last murder? I don't think it counts as a murder this episode because, um, first of all, Kane didn't die. And second of all, um, Zeke was killed by, like, the fence. Like, nobody, like, killed him, you know? But I feel like if you built that, that means that you murdered him. I guess it was more of an accidental death. Yeah. And also, um, I would just like to go one episode with no murder. Okay. Cool. So we're going to say one episode since the last murder. But rest in peace, shot. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for our trailer reaction. So I cannot tell you how annoyed I am by every The 100 trailer. You know, I think I relate to that. Watching and live reacting to the Riverdale trailers every week is such a treat. Because mm-hmm. there's so much in it. There's so much in it and there's so much to guess and so much to theorize about. Mm-hmm. Those are usually around 45 seconds long. And that includes yeah. like um, at the end where they're like, hi, <laughs> you know, they choose like a Riverdale cast member to be like, hi, blah, blah, blah. Yep. These hey, Riverdale's on this CW app or whatever, you know? So maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. But, but. But this um, is 10 seconds long. They're useless. Long. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know what we're going to glean from it. Probably nothing. Let's try our best. Uh, yeah, we'll give it a shot. Okay. Okay. Uh, ready? Yep. Three, two, one, play. And I'm in charge. People die. Oh, this is a series of flashing images. Yeah, there's nothing I can get. I can't get anything from that. That's okay. just... It, it was so short that those could have been stills that they were flashing, and I would have been uh, like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So I want you guys to know that every time I press the comma or the period button to go ahead a frame, mm-hmm. that is a significant amount of the YouTube, like, yeah. um, what's it called? Play Time bar. Stamp? Like the play yeah. bar? Yeah. It's a significant amount every time I press frame, a frame forward. Okay. Most of this is stuff that was actually in the big season six trailer. And a lot of it, you know, sound-wise is just screaming, so I feel like I can just take off my headphones. Yeah, I mean, it's screaming, but, I mean, let's not discount Miller also screaming. Also screaming. Yeah, I was gonna say, mm, but he doesn't say anything. So we have Clark, Bellamy, and Murphy lying on the ground because mm-hmm. nap time, obviously. Obviously. Clark. Clark saying, I'll be the bad guy, which that's pretty metal. When people die. When I'm in charge, people die. Which is what which is what Bellamy told her in season three. That's right. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. Miller Scremin looks like Clark is also there and Jackson is also there. Do you think Jackson is attacking Miller? Like we've seen it looks like he's holding him down. Because it looks like cause like we've seen Emori um attack her like love interest. So now I'm a little worried. Be like couples going after each other. That couples are going oh, after Oh boy. Um, I don't know. 
Well, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, an arm at a throat. Smurfo is in the water. Looks like Clark is saving him. Wow, Murf- Murphy was injured by someone. Must be a day ending in Y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Echo is stabbing herself in the neck. So classic, classic Echo. That looks sick. What the hell is in her hand? Uh, It's probably something like the Reaper stick. Oh my God. Can you imagine if Reaper sticks came back? Oh my God. Oh, yeah, it's Clark definitely Clark Murphy. pulling Murphy out. Nyla yelling against some random dude. Sir, who are you, sir? Saying stop. Somebody is punching, punching Octavia. Octavia. People are basically just beating up on Octavia a lot. Well, it, all Octavia these, and Murphy. Half of this trailer is just stills of Octavia getting beaten. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. Um, And Abby just watching, I guess. Same. Yeah, once again, Octavia, like, almost getting murked. That's yeah. it. That's the oh, whole trailer. And to be clear, that's only six seconds. Yep. Yeah, it sure is. Mm. Um, You know what my favorite part of this trailer is? Mm. The bisexual sky in yeah. the new The 100 logo. Yeah. That's my favorite part of this trailer, because this trailer doesn't tell us anything. I guess so. Cool. Well, that was a trailer. Other than, as usual, <clears throat> Octavia and Bellamy, I mean, Octavia and Murphy have picked fights with people. No wow. kidding. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Cool. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. We like reviews. Those are nice. And please fill out our survey. It is available in the bottom in the description box. Um, Just tell us a little bit about you and what you like about the pod, what you don't like about the pod, what we could do differently. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too, like a lot. Um, And as season six uh, comes to uh, a crescendo... The decrescendo of Riverdale is coming right down mm-hmm. um, as we are finishing season three. And boy. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot of TV in a week. It's a lot. Um, Plus, we're watching Big Brother. Canada. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Canada. We're not, we're not plebs. We're not we don't watch it. <laughs> um, but also on that feed is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, in which we kind of, we've been doing like three or four episodes an episode. <laughs> um, just to... Get her out of the way. We enjoy Riverdale more than Chilling Adventures of Brina. We understand that that means we don't have taste. That's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. We have reasons. Listen to the pod to find out. (laughs) If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We're in the middle of season two right now. We're Um, finally bringing back the second half of season two. We were a little busy, but um, it's going to be coming back monthly now, starting in May. And I feel like from this podcast, you could uh, extrapolate that we are fans of Lost. Actually, first episode of like the next string of episodes that we're doing until the uh, end of the season uh, just came out. If you're listening to this, um, it just came out a few days ago. So great. Cool. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We are just trying to finish season one right before season three comes out. Um, So if you need like a refresher on season one right before we go straight into season three, then um, get on it. (laughs) The anticlimacticness of that cannot be... Get unappreciated. Um, I love Stranger Things. Me too. I really am enjoying talking to you about it. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. I also really enjoyed recording this. Yeah. I feel like in season five, we struggled a little bit towards the end there, but yeah. um, this was fun. We ta- we're talking for a long time, but it's like, it's the first episode, so I, I think oh, yeah. it deserves it. You can follow The Fiction on us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but uh, mostly Twitter with a little bit of Tumblr because Robin puts a lot of work into the gifts. I really do, so please go support me on Tumblr. It's just me, but please. Yeah, it's 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 just her. Our Patreon, like we said before, is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. Yeah, thanks.
Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. Join us next episode for episode 602. It's called Red Sun Rising, which is a rock band. I love that. Great. Something about it sounds vaguely familiar, too. It's yeah. like, somewhere in my brain is triggering, like, House of the Rising Sun is in my head. That's it. Yeah. Because I was thinking the sun also rises, which was Battlestar Galactic episode and also, like, a phrase. And um, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Somewhere, it, there's somewhere in there. Yeah. Red sky at morning. Yeah. Yeah. We're just saying words now. <laughs> the sky, right? Yeah. <laughs> Am I right, ladies? Today it had some clouds in it. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. <laughs> love you, bye. Shut up. I'm tired. <laughs>